West Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, I'll tell you what, the dust is starting to fly across the state of Wisconsin. More farmers continuing to wrap up planting. We've got first cutting a hay that we're starting to process. Some of you sending me messages on our talk text line that you'd like to see a little rain in the forecast. Morning, everybody. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. I'm afraid we don't have rain in the forecast until we get into next week. Today, sunshine and 82 degrees. Tomorrow, we cool down under partly sunny skies, 68. Same forecast for Thursday, partly sunny skies and 68. Friday, sunshine and 74. Saturday, sunshine and 78. Sunday, sunshine and 81. Even Memorial Monday, sunshine and 82 degrees before that rain starts to creep back around Wisconsin. We'll talk weather details with Stumacher Ag Meteorologist in about 15 minutes. Also, our man John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is joining us. And if you are a rural well owner, you know that clean water is not a luxury. Uh, It can be expensive to try to upgrade your well. But guess what? The Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources has some funding that may help. Stephanie Hoff brings us that detail as well on a Tuesday morning. Here's farmer and landowner John Prue. We purchased the land about three years ago and there was an old farmstead on there with trees. We were going to clear the land so we could farm through it. We thought we knew where the pipe was so we didn't call to get it located. The work on our property led to the damage of a light crude pipeline. Fortunately, no one was hurt, but it could have been much worse. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. Worms. That's nothing new to us, but jumping worms, on the other hand, they just may be. Jumping worms are newer to Wisconsin and can be mistaken as a small snake. I'm Charity Seebecker from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. P.J. Leash, director of the UW-Madison Insect Diagnostic Lab and state entomologist, says while similar to earthworms, the jumping worms have very unique behaviors. So what the jumping worm is, is it is a type of earthworm, but it's not native to our area. It turns out these particular earthworms happen to be from parts of East Asia. They've actually been in the U.S., we think, for maybe around 100 years or so, give or take, especially more in the eastern parts of the country. But we first found them here in Wisconsin, actually in the Madison area, back in about 2013. So we've had them in the state about a decade, and they have spread around pretty well. And and really by spread, I should say, humans have moved them around the state pretty well. Uh, Somewhere in the ballpark of about 50 or so counties have known detections of jumping worms at this point. Their name is jumping worms. So they actually jumping or what is that phenomenon that they got that name for? Yeah, see, you really bring up an interesting point about their biology. When you first see a jumping worm, uh, it might be possible to even mistake it for a small snake thrashing around very, very violently and flinging its body around. Uh, They have that unique behavior, which is why we call them jumping worms. If they're just sitting there, they might be still, but if you poke them or touch them, they often flail around just like crazy, Uh, hence that name of uh, jumping worms that they're commonly called. And how are they traveling? Is it just from people moving them as they're doing yard work? Or how are they getting now that they are in Wisconsin? Yeah, for the most part, we think it has to do with human movement of soil. Uh, In a a more natural setting, um, if, if we as humans aren't doing anything, they're probably not spreading that far just because of limited mobility in the soil. Uh, Where we have big concerns, though, and this is probably how they have gotten moved around the state so effectively and efficiently, is humans moving them. That could either be juvenile or adult worms, 
or they actually overwinter in most cases as this life stage called the cocoon. It's just this little pod-like structure which will be in the soil. And so if you are digging up plants in a yard or in a given spot, or if you are moving soil or mulch that could have these worms or their cocoons in it, that is how we think they are really being spread around Wisconsin. How do they affect your grass? And also, can it hurt your pets if they eat one? I know my dog likes to eat dandelions a lot right now. So what happens if she eats one of these? How does that work? Yeah, well, for the the dogs, I really haven't heard of any um, medical concerns. You know, if you did see your pet eating a lot of earthworms in general, I would maybe reach out to your veterinarian and see if they have any advice. I personally have not heard of any uh, concerns along these lines, but you're absolutely right. Sometimes dogs do eat uh, a lot of stuff out there. Uh, In terms of the harm that they can do in a yard, uh, I have heard of some concerns in lawns where I tend to hear more concerns and and problems from jumping worms, though, would be in garden bed type settings. And a couple of reasons why these worms are so problematic. And the analogy I have in my mind, it's almost like you take your run-of-the-mill earthworm and you give it a triple shot of espresso. They seem to do everything faster, eating, reproducing, and so on. Most of our earthworms that we have are European species, and they have one generation per year. These are the the common larger earthworms we tend to think of in garden beds and, and stuff like that. But these species from Asia, these jumping worms, they can go through not one but two generations per year. So they're basically reproducing and reaching maturity twice as quickly. They can also occur in very, very high densities in the soil. And when they feed on organic material in the soil, it actually can alter and destroy the soil profile. And it can leave the soil kind of the consistency of dried, crusty coffee grounds. I have seen plenty of cases where these worms have been in the soil near perennial plants or even small shrubs or flowers, and it destroys the water holding capacity of the soil. So even though that gardener may be providing enough water with their hose and irrigating it, the soil just can't wick up that moisture and hold it there, and that plant struggles because of that. So that's a big concern we've had with these particular worms is damaging the soil structure, altering it so that it can't hold water very well. And that basically causes almost micro-scale drought conditions for those affected plants. So what measures can be taken to kind of reduce that impact if you do have them? Unfortunately, we don't have a silver bullet at this point in terms of how to eliminate them. Just as an example, there aren't any pesticides that are currently registered or labeled for use specifically on earthworms. We don't have anything along those lines. Historically, there had been particular fertilizer products that contained some other ingredients that happened to have some impacts on earthworms. Last time I checked, those were no longer on the market for home lawns and, and other turf grass settings. So our main messaging at this point is to try and reduce and limit the spread of these worms. And so along those lines, if you are considering getting some plants, make sure those plants come from reputable sources. Your neighbor may be giving away hostas or, or some other plants from their yard, but if there's a chance that they have jumping worms and you move those plants into your yard, you might be moving some jumping worms with those. Same kind of thing with soil and also compost and mulch. We know that these worms can be moved through movement of those types of goods. So if you are going to be getting a truckload of mulch or soil or similar materials this year, really call and chat with the provider that is bringing you your mulch or other materials 
and see what they have in store. We do know you can heat treat uh, compost, for example, to get things hot enough that can kill these worms. But otherwise, our main messaging at this point is to limit the movement of these sorts of materials so that we can reduce the spread of these invasive jumping worms. And now transitioning into another pretty timely topic, pollinators. They're going to be very active this time of year and just continuing to get active. Why is it important to promote pollinator habitats in general, but even more so timely now during the no mow May? Yeah, and when I think of pollinators, a lot of times folks may not realize this, but they can be up very early in the year. So I often see my first pollinators in March, sometimes even February, if we have a very, very warm spell. But they can be active from early spring all the way into fall, October and November sometimes. But when we get into this mid-spring period, late April into the month of May, we're at a time of the year where there's a lot going on in terms of pollinator and, and benefits from pollinators. So a lot of bees and other pollinators are active. They need resources such as pollen and nectar. And so providing flowers for them to be able to get that can really help them out. We know that pollinators are important uh, agriculturally, but also for other reasons. If you think of the agriculture here in the state, we have uh, a lot of fruit grown in some parts of the state up towards like Door County. Apple orchards are very common across much of the landscape of Wisconsin. Crops like that really need a lot of bees to be able to pollinate them. So I think we can definitely highlight the importance of them under situations like that. What efforts can be done to really support these pollinators? How does No Mow May really benefit that? Yeah, so No Mow May, I will say a lot of folks have really gotten on board with that general concept. I simply want to point out that No Mow May is simply one way that you can uh, potentially provide some benefits to pollinators. So the concept of No Mow May is to take your lawn or turf grass area and mow less frequently. Now, you don't necessarily have to uh, withhold mowing the entire month of May, especially if we have a very rainy season. If that grass gets really, really tall, that can be tough on it when you finally go to cut it down. But I think a key component of that idea is maybe allowing the lawn to get a little bit taller, but more importantly, and I think this is the key part here, tolerating some of those flowering weeds. So to us, we may look at a dandelion or clover, for example, and we may call it a weed. We don't necessarily want it in our lawn, but there's been some research by Jonathan Larson at the University of Kentucky that came out back in 2014 that found about 50 different species of bees and other pollinators going to dandelions and clovers in home lawns. And so an idea with this, no mow may, is again, mowing less, allowing those weeds to bloom in lawns. Uh, those are some important things that you could do. Some other things that you could do in your own yard is if you're going to keep mowing, maybe just mow a little bit higher. Um, that can allow deeper root structure of your turf grass, allow for healthier uh, turf grass and, and a healthier lawn, but also can allow some of those weeds to bloom. In contrast, if you're mowing every single week or more than that, and you're really having a low mowing height, that's going to discourage some of those weeds, and you're not going to be providing resources for pollinators. Now, I'm not here to tell everyone how their lawn should or shouldn't look. And so if you have a dense green, pure turf grass lawn, you know, that's perfectly fine. But there are some other things you could do, like increase the number of flowering plants in your yard in general, putting out uh, trees or shrubs or flowers or even garden vegetables that will provide some nectar and pollen for bees. Those are some other things that you can do as well. So there's really quite a, a few things that we can all do to help out bees and other pollinators this time of the year. That was PJ Leash, state entomologist. If you're working on a backyard project that's requiring mulch or rootstock, 
Make sure you're aware of the jumping worms and discuss it with people who are helping you to install these components to prevent the spread. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Charity Seebecker. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. When it comes to custom wedding rings, get to know your Denny's Jeweler. Denny's Jewelers does offer affordable custom wedding bands. Whether it be gold, silver, diamonds, gemstones, platinum, you bring your wedding band idea and we'll point you in the right direction. We'll show you all the options. I am Sarah Denny Alexander. Come meet the entire Denny's family at Denny's Jewelers. Gear up for spring with a trip to Blaine's Farm and Fleet. We've got an unbeatable selection of products to keep your projects moving along, like two and a half gauge four point red brand barbed wire on sale $109.99. Pick up the versatile one and a half ton dump trailer from King Cutter. It's perfect for moving or hauling on sale $31.99.99. Rewards members pay $30.99.99. And strengthen your yard while you kill weeds with Gordon's Liquid Weed and Feed. Two and a half gallons, just $56.99. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Tom Spitz and David Fink of Settlers Bank. We make it easy to access the bankers you know. Bankers who listen to your goals. Then offer expert advice and solutions that simplify even the most complex financial matters. Virtually or in person, we're here when you need us. To learn more, stop by or visit SettlersWI.com. Settlers Bank. Timely decisions. People you know. Member FDIC Equal Housing Lender. Sweeta Metal Roofing customers choose us because they don't want to worry about their roof anymore. There's no curling, it won't blow off, and you won't find granules in your gutters. It's one and done. It is the last roof you'll ever need. I'm Mike. And Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting architectural strength and beauty of a Sweeta Metal Roof. S-W-I-T-A MetalRoofing.com Sweeta Metal Roofing, the last roof you'll ever need. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. You really don't have to worry about just listening to me when it comes to the markets. Good thing our friend John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, steps to the microphone. He'll be joining us in the next half hour. Glad you're along with us. Time to talk weather. Stu Mocker, ag meteorologist, joining us this morning. Boy, I, I like what I see, at least through today. And then, I don't know, I can't get the wardrobe figured out, Stu. Every time I, you know, I walk out the door in the morning and it's a little on the chilly side. I come back for the second round later in the afternoon and it's hot. I mean, you're getting a little bit of everything these days. Well, yeah, it does kind of sound like spring in Wisconsin, doesn't it? Because you never know what it's going to be the next day. Yeah, that's true. But let's... precipitation is also on the horizon. That's the other thing we want to keep an eye on. Like you said yesterday, some folks are starting to suggest they could use a drink of water. Absolutely. And there's going to be a very small chance out there, just that though, a very small chance overall 
The next several days stay pretty dry. The temperature makes a big change, though, and that's the one we have to talk about today. There's a cool front up in Canada. It's going to drop south and right on through our area. That front's still north of the international border, way up into Canada, and there are a few sprinkles into northwest parts of Minnesota, back around eastern Montana as well. But that front will begin to drop south. The chance of rain almost non-existent. I'll mention a very slight possibility in at least the southern half of the state. A small chance further north that there may be just a little light rain. Not much going to happen for most of us, although you may see a few more clouds later tonight. That's about the extent. Otherwise, that cool front drops right through the area. Late tonight into early tomorrow, winds turn to a northerly direction. In fact, a northeast wind is what I expect into the day Wednesday. And that's where that cool air starts to settle in, cooling down all across the state, much cooler near the Lake Michigan area. I'm thinking parts of Sheboygan, Ozaukee County. They're going to be a whole lot cooler tomorrow in the lower 60s for daytime highs. But those temps turn around thanks to sunshine. In fact, we start warming it up slowly Thursday, warmer into Friday. And it looks like we stay a lot more mild then as we head up toward the upcoming holiday weekend. Some rain chances in northern Wisconsin again as we head toward later in the weekend. The further south you are, the less of a chance there's going to be even into early next week. So it does look like a fairly dry and quiet Memorial Weekend in southern Wisconsin. Oh, a great chance to get hay made, to finish getting crops in the ground, all of that kind of activity. But like we've talked about, could be starting to seem a little more dry by the time we make our way to the end of the week. I'll have forecast details right after this. Cameron Olson of Olson Solar Energy. Farmers understand the value of the sun. It's finally time to put solar to work on your farm. Through the Rural Energy for America grant program from the USDA, agricultural businesses can realize amazing savings from solar even sooner. Learn all about the current REAP grant from Olson Solar Energy. Stop into one of their three locations. Call them at 608-780-2347 or visit olsonsolarenergy.com today. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. You can hear the corn grow. You can smell healthy soil after a good rain. And you know when your livestock are healthy and when they're not. BioVet loves seeing healthy animals contribute to your farm's productivity and profitability as much as you do. I'm Dr. Bill Zimmer, founder of BioVet. Microbials and nutritional support, that's BioVet. Learn more at bio-vet.com. All righty, Stu, let's uh, get started with the rest of that forecast for today into tomorrow. Well, we'll talk a little bit about smoke too, Pam. In fact, an air quality alert across all of southern Minnesota, but not into western Wisconsin. Don't be surprised if things look a bit smoky almost anywhere today. But sunny skies are going to be in store and a lot of low 80s observed. Very fine. Winds will be more southerly today, only up to about five. Peaceful, nice warm day. Overnight, generally clear skies as we drop to the low 50s. Southwest winds only about five. They start turning north late in the nighttime, then mostly sunny, cooler tomorrow, even a little breezy, only in the low 60s. Not anybody going to break 65, I'd expect, with northeast winds 10 to 20, gusting up around 30, sunny on Thursday, upper 60s, east winds at 5 to 15. And with sunshine on Friday, I'd expect low 70s, Pam, and then finally upper 70s and 80 in the weekend. 
And I just don't expect we're going to talk about rain, even as we head on toward Memorial Day. Well, that's all right. That's okay. A lot of folks out there breathing a sigh of relief if they were planning on maybe going camping for the first time out this year. We know that there's dairy breakfast this weekend, a lot of community events, truck and tractor pulls. They'll be glad to hear about that uh, minimal chance of rain, hey? Well, yeah, but I'm thinking we've got hay to make and stones to pick, so important stuff. <laughs> yeah. Family right. togetherness. Yeah, the, yeah, right. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you about that and more tomorrow. Thanks. All right, see you then. Stu Macher, Hague Meteorologist, always reminding me of the things that I don't miss about the farm, like picking stones. Well, we're not going to miss a beat when it comes to what's happening in the market. Stick around. John Heinberg, Market Advisor. Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, of course, stepping to the microphone with some explanations. That's coming up. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There's a race going on inside your body, and sometimes the bad guys, otherwise known as arthritis, get there first. That's when the joint pain kicks in. Your healing process is just too slow and just can't catch up, and it needs just a little bit of help from QC Kinetics. That's Dr. Daniel Zuckerman, a QC Kinetics medical director. We all know that you can heal yourself. If you get a cut, it heals on its own. Your joints are no different. We can take the healing properties from your blood, concentrate them down, and put them in the spot that you need the help. It's amazing. Your body can heal itself. At QC Kinetics, that's called regenerative medicine. No surgery or steroids, just lasting relief, the natural way. The fact that we can treat them without surgery, but using their own body's natural healing process, without medications, without steroids, without surgery, it's just amazing. Call QC Kinetics now for your free consultation. Call QC Kinetics, 608-319-1750. That's 608-319-1750. 608 319 We get it. You need the most durable truck and a return on it, too. That's why Ewald Chevrolet Buick is your certified agriculture dealer. With your purchase, receive AgPack at no additional cost to you. A package of farm and ranch discounts with savings up to $30,000. Right now, finance a new 2023 Silverado Turbo Max or select heavy-duty models for just 1.9%. Find new roads at Ewald Chevrolet Buick com on select models with approved credit. See dealer for details. I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I didn't think I'd survive. But I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me. One in ten young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there. Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed. Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future. They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today. If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today. Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. 
Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one-fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsaukprairie.com. The nightmare of working with some contractors is much like being on a bad date. They totally wreck your bathroom, swindle you out of a ton of money, then disappear into the dark of night. Swipe left. Actuate Improvement is a full-service design and remodeling company who completes the job as promised, is cost-conscious, then leaves you with a sweet thank you note. Swipe right, and let's get the conversation started with a free consultation. ActuateLLC.com. Design. Create. Actuate. Ergonomic office chairs that fit different employee body shapes and sizes is smart business. This is Zach from Office Furniture Warehouse. The proper fit reduces stress and pain, keeping your workforce at the office and productive. Name brand office furniture with warehouse pricing allows us to create better workspaces for America's workforce. That's simply smart business. Visit OFWGoMadison.com or stop by the showroom on Ronald Reagan Avenue on the north side. You're no stranger to hard work and eating right, but your abs are more like flaps. Carbon World Health offers Emsculpt an FDA-approved treatment for men who want to transform their physique. One session is equivalent to 20,000 crunches without the painful recovery. Melt fat, build and tone muscle, then start getting the results you're looking for. MSculpt at Carbon World Health. Learn more at CarbonWorldHealth.com. Boys, I want to talk PGA Championship. Kepka getting it done, and what did Kepka say? Essentially, that it's, it's validating all of the live guys. All That's the live what golfers? Bryson DeChambeau, DeChambeau said, said about Brooks Kepka. It validates everything we've said from the beginning that we're competing at the highest level, and we have the ability to win a major championship. Says Bryson DeChambeau. No. See, obviously, every it's single RJ, guy no. on the the live tour that decided to take the the Saudi money yeah. to play on the live tour had different reasons for it. You know, if you watch the full swing, you could be like an Ian Poulter who was like, man, I, I'm a, I was at the end of my career yeah. and I could make just tens, of and, money. tens and twenties times the amount I could have made and what the last life of my PGA career was. Mm-hmm. Or you had a guy like Brooks Kepka that was sounded like he was on the fence, whether he wanted to do it yeah. or what. Because remember when they asked him in interviews leading up to it, he's like, no, I'm a PGA guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden he went to the yep. live for the money. Well, that was when he was struggling. That struggling. was when uh, he hurt his knee. And I know they made this a, a, a point on the broadcast over the weekend is his knee injury was so bad. They didn't know if he would ever get back to being that good of a golfer. And he's like, here's my guaranteed payday yes. on the PGA. Yeah, Why not? I, on the PGA, it's, you know, you're a contractor. Yeah. You have to play and place and and continue to place at a higher level to get paid and keep your card at the live tour. He just made a contract where he could be as bad as us playing golf. He was still going to make his tens of millions of dollars or only show up to the required events, allow his knee to heal yeah, and still get a paid. Cause or, remember the first year of live, there was only 12 events in the, on the PGA tour. There's over 40. Yeah. Or there's like a Dustin Johnson whose wife, Paulina Gretzky has got very expensive taste. 
And you need to afford that lavish lifestyle, so you go to cash in with the live and that oil money yeah. for Dustin Johnson. Well, and Dustin Johnson also said he didn't he didn't care to play that many events. And his kids he, and doesn't want to. He only cared about the majors, yeah, like right. the Masters, well, and, the PGA Tour, because I mean, that's how he's, he's going to build his legacy. He already had won the PGA Championship, so he can come back to that whenever yeah. he wants. But, he's won the Masters. Yep, and the so he gets a five year exemption from. Uh, the U.S. Open and the British Open now, so he can play in all the majors yeah. uh, for five more years, uh, two forever. Um, but he could always do that. Um, but like that's the thing for for uh, Brooks Kepka was like with all those question marks, it makes a whole. And then obviously his his wife at the time was having a kid. All those uh, all those question marks taking the guaranteed money, and I think he made the right decision. He got healthy. Yeah. And now yeah. Yeah, he, look at him. He literally was leading the Masters for what, fifty four holes? Yeah. And then ended up falling apart and John Rahm ended up overtaking him and winning. But he was right there going into the final day. Yep. And now wins the PGA championship. Mm-hmm. He looks like he is the uh, Brooks Kepka of Kepka. a few years ago. Yeah, I like the first the first paragraph here. And Brooks Kepka wasn't wearing his Live Golf League team's logo while he's, winning he's his the fifth only major. One who doesn't. Yeah, it's like well, and, but but even they put he the says, league on his back. Even he says though, it's not about that. It's no. about competing here. Like he doesn't care about the Live. No, he just likes money, and I don't blame him. Like when when it was the whole thing about. Leading up to if he won the Masters this year, all the live guys were going to storm the green and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, no, that wasn't going to happen. Like, he he doesn't care about the live. Well, here's his quote from after winning the PGA Championship. Quote, yeah, I definitely think it helps live, but I'm more interested in my own self right now, to yeah. be honest with you. It's a huge thing for live, but at the same time, I'm out here competing as an individual at the PGA Championship. I'm just happy to take this home for the third time. It's, I don't understand how one of the best players in the world who made a personal choice, it's not like he chose live because it was going to be better competition. He chose live, like Rowdy said, for the payday, the time off, off, and as well as to, you know, you make the jump because you're exempt. He just wants to play in the majors. Yeah. And it... Sounds refined to me. Yeah. Well, it makes sense from his point of view because it's like, okay, if your knee injury is really that bad and you never get back to where you are, you still get paid a lot of money versus potentially hardly making any money because you can't make cuts because you can't win certain tournaments. Right. Also, so it allowed him time off to get his knee better. You can hear her clearly even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Clear skies and sunshine on the way for this Tuesday. 82 are expected high. We cool down, though, Wednesday and Thursday with daytime highs only around 68. Friday, sunshine at 74. Saturday, sunshine, 78 degrees. Glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee. Don't forget our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is going to be joining us. I'm glad he is because after a fairly robust day of trading yesterday, all of our markets this morning seem to be under pressure. He'll give us some details on what's happening there in about 15 minutes. So today is the 23rd day of May. On this day, back in 1878, there was a really destructive storm system that came across Wisconsin. 
Dane, Jefferson, and Iowa counties say there were three separate tornadoes that touched down, causing damage to buildings, land, and livestock. Two people died because of the storms, and a lot of others had serious injuries. The property loss back in 1878 was estimated at about 63000 in Iowa County, 43000 in Dane County, and 23000 in Jefferson County. That was on this day back in 1878. And happy birthday this Tuesday morning to comedian, now a host of uh, The Price is Right, Drew Carey. He is 65 years young, and now you know him. Well, for a lot of folks across the state of Wisconsin, if you live out in the rural countryside, you have to assume responsibility for some things that people who live in town do not know much about. If you're in the rural countryside, you have to maintain your own septic and sewer system. If you're in the rural countryside, you have to maintain your own private well. And to try to upgrade, treat, or abandon those private wells, well, it can be pricey business. The good news is the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources has a financial source available to help you with all those projects. Stephanie Hoff brings us details. There are well compensation dollars available for Wisconsinites. I'm Stephanie Hoff for the Midwest Farm Report. The Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources got about $10 million last year to give money to help people replace their contaminated well, install treatment, or finance the abandonment of a well that's no longer needed. Marty Nessman is the private well supply section manager with the Department of Natural Resources in the Bureau of Drinking Water and Groundwater. He has the details. The program provides up to $16,000 to drill the new well or put on treatment or fill and seal it. And so far, we've had over 200 people apply for grants, which is uh, much more than we used to have before we had this new program. And we funded over 121 uh, awards uh, for over $2 million. There's still over $7 million left for people to apply. To be eligible, you just have to have a a contamination in your well or the need to fill and seal your well. And the income limitations are you have to earn less than $100,000 in the previous year. How expensive is it to dig a new well? I know that's kind of like on the high end of things versus repairing a well. And do these dollars fully cover that cost? It can cost more than $16,000 to drill a new well in some cases. But that shouldn't discourage anyone from applying. There are ways to get additional funds through this program if your income falls within a certain range uh, for your county. We call it the median income. What issues are folks dealing with where they would reach out for this money? Of the awards we've given out, um, we've issued 120 awards. Uh, We've had almost 100 of those were contamination caused by nitrate, nitrates, and the uh, nitrate recommended level is 10 milligrams per liter. And we know throughout Wisconsin, approximately 6 to 8% of wells in the state uh, have nitrate that exceeds 10 milligrams per liter. $7.5 million available for uh, eligible people to get access to help improve their well or in some cases dig a new well. Do they know that their well is contaminated usually or should they be thinking about calling someone to come test their well? 
We recommend that everyone sample their well for bacteria nitrate on a yearly basis, just so they know what the condition of the water is. If you haven't had your well sampled in a while, we certainly recommend that you you do that. You can uh, get supplies from a local water laboratory that, that tests for that. Some well drillers or pump installers may come out and sample the well and do some maintenance for you kind of on a yearly basis uh, if you contact them. But uh, most private well owners, you know, you really have to reach out to a lab, get a sample kit, take the sample, take it back to the lab to do that. Is it pretty easy to apply? Tell us how that process goes. You can get our application materials from the website, uh, dnr.wisconsin.gov. And if you search for well compensation or even wells, you should be able to find the application materials there. Uh, You can also give us a call at 608 577-3583 if you don't have access to the internet and want to get a application sent to you. Give us a little history on on where these dollars come from, just so people are aware. So the American Rescue Plan Act was a congressional effort to provide funds to help America recover from the pandemic. And those funds were handed out to states uh, to spend on projects that build on infrastructure, rebuild infrastructure, things like that. And so through the governor's office, we were allotted $10 million to create this program to get these uh, funds out to private well owners to help invest in their infrastructure. I also want to point out that small business owners who have restaurants or bars that have wells that have contamination in them are also eligible to apply for these grants. Anything else, Marty, that Wisconsinites should know before I let you go today? Well, I want to stress to any private well owners, um, you are your own water utility. You have, you know, no one's making you sample your water on a regular basis, but if you don't, you don't know what you're drinking. If you've had a recent illness, you may not know that if it was caused by the water. So it's really your responsibility to monitor your, your water and your drinking water quality. And we definitely encourage you to do that on an annual basis for your own health. Marty Nesman in studio with us. He's the section chief at DNR for private water supply. We're reminding you that there's about $7.5 million out there for Wisconsin residents and businesses to improve their wells. Application details are on DNR's website. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. Thanks, Stephanie. And again, like Marty said, they have the money available and they will continue to distribute the money for private well owners until it's gone. Check out the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources website to get an application started. Markets and overnight electronic trade apparently can't get started. We're in the red ink right now. December corn down three at 506. November beans are down seven right now. 1190 July wheat's down eight at 598. Yesterday in Chicago, the barrel cheese gained four and a half cents to 151. And a half. 40 pound black cheese was up six and a half at a dollar sixty. Double A butter though fell a penny on Monday to two forty five a pound. Right now, June milk is unchanged at sixteen thirty two hundred weight. July milk that's down two at sixteen seventy four hundred weight. Wisconsin farmers have been using this weather to their advantage. The latest planting progress report from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service shows as of Sunday, sixty nine percent of our 
corn was in the ground. That is four days ahead of last year and one day ahead of our five-year average. 26% of the corn is already out of the ground. 55% of our soybeans are planted as of Sunday. That's three days ahead of last year. As far as our oat crop, 78% of that is in the ground. And uh, 83% of our potatoes have already been planted. As far as hay is concerned, 78% of that crop called good to excellent. That's up 2% from last week. 84% of our wheat called good to excellent, up 2% from last week. Boy, that is a far cry from what they're hearing on the wheat tour that's been going across the Central Plains. The Wheat Quality Council took a group of scouts across areas of Nebraska, all of Kansas, and then northern Oklahoma, and some farms, even farmers, even drove into Colorado to see what the winter wheat crop looks like. According to Dave Green, executive vice president of the Wheat Quality Council, it's actually pretty bleak. Our yield for the entire tour averaged 650 stops. Now, the one caveat I tell you is we don't stop at fields that are already abandoned or look like they will be abandoned. We figure that's part of abandonment. That's not the yield per acre. Of the fields that look like they were going to be headed for harvest, we averaged 30 bushels an acre for the entire state, and that would have been 10 bushels below normal for us. It was pretty discouragingly low. Dave Green, executive vice president with the Wheat Quality Council. Like he said, it is just not turning out to be a good year for winter wheat across the Central Plains. We'll talk more about that, I'm sure, with John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He's going to join us live here on the show coming up next. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. It's as simple as one, two, three friends buy your farm and ranch trucks from a certified agriculture dealership, get 30 grand back in farm supply savings through AgPack. That's a 60% return on a $50,000 truck. Just go to agtrucktrader.com, register for your unique AgPack ID number, good to use at any certified ag dealer in the country for as many trucks as you want, and then search the inventory of only certified ag dealers all in one spot. agtrucktrader.com. We all make choices. When it comes to alcohol, kids make choices whether to drink or not. Bye, Dad. Bye-bye. Remember, I'm going to Alex's party tonight and sleeping over. Hey, Em, have a seat for a second. Remind me about that party again. Alex is just and like adults make choices whether to talk about it. That's true of parents and every other trusted adult in a kid's life. Kids want to know our expectations when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. They want guidance and honest answers to their questions. And it makes a difference when the message is consistent and part of everyday conversations. So talk with your kids and help lead them on a positive path. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. While you spent a lot more time around your home the last couple of years, you may have noticed a few things you'd like to have spruced up. Sign up for W.E. Davies Handyman Membership, and they'll help you stay ahead of the maintenance and repairs with a professional result. Boycott putting things off. W.E. Davies & Sons Remodeling brings a fresh perspective to your building project. We're a local family business with services from handyman fixes to living space upgrades. For stunning, transformative results, visit wedaviesremodeling.com. 
Being with you makes us happy as pigs in mud. This is the Midwest Farm Report. I picked that one on purpose because, quite honestly, uh, seeing a lot of cracked soil surfaces across Wisconsin now. Some folks uh, sending me messages via talk text that you think we could use a little drink of rain. I think there is a sliver of a possibility on the horizon. But let's talk about how that's impacting markets, what's happening with planting progress. John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, is joining us live this morning. So what did you see in the latest planting progress report, John? I had a story earlier about the dismal ratings on their winter wheat tour in the Central Plains. What's catching your attention? Well, again, we kind of continue to watch what's going on in North Dakota. Obviously, the weather forecasts have turned very friendly in terms of getting this crop in the ground. And, you know, we're up to 81% planted nationally, a little bit below what the market thought, but still well above the five-year average as this crop is getting in the ground. And actually, 52% of the crops actually even emerged here. You know, again, about 7% above average. You know, Wisconsin producers, and you know, we got after it here last week. I mean, we got this crop, you know, in the ground very quickly, up to 70% or 69% of the crop planted so that was a 36 percent jump in one week so uh the weather obviously turned friendly and guys really were pushing and talking to my you know my clientele across the state at, uh, at the same time here you know they were out there and they're pretty hard to get a hold of last week so yeah. uh and that'll probably continue north dakota still stays as a watch uh first prevent plant dates are coming up here on the 25th there's still about 32 percent of the plant crop is in the ground and it's supposed to be around 50 in this window you know so there's still going to be some talk here now we're down to that last 20 percent you know or 15 percent or so which is always the hardest part to get in so this is kind of that key time frame here and we'll see what the market wants to digest that obviously weather is becoming a focus with this warmer drier pattern and and you know we even hear a little buzz from one media source of a you know flash drought potential if we don't pick up some rain here across the heart of the corn belt you know over the next couple of weeks so that's something we're watching especially with prices where they are well you know and i guess if you've got it in the ground the good news is that plant will search for water. You'll get a good root base, but you got to have the water available. That seems to be the downfall on that winter wheat tour that just got wrapped up. There's just no water available. Very much so. And I mean, that was a very dismal crop. One of the, uh, we came together through the winter wheat tour and, you know, one of the worst crops in over a couple decades here. And, and just the amount of abandonment that was being found. And that was kind of stated in that last USDA report. You know, we saw a little bit of market reaction off that report. Really didn't get the follow through when the wheat tour numbers came in, came into play. You know, maybe again, we priced that in uh, at that time frame. You know, the market knew the crop was going to be dismal and they got the result it expected. You know, so that was a little dismal disappointing to see wheat prices at least on the hard red winter kind of roll over here but they were getting pretty extended when you compared them to the other classes of wheat and the other factor too just globally prices are just off in the united states versus the rest of the world that was one of the factors in the wheat market yesterday it just kind of kept prices from even moving it was the talk of uh, polish wheat was being imported into the united states down into florida from some milling wheat because we're looking at prices that were about a hundred dollars a metric ton cheaper to haul it across the, the ocean instead of bringing it across the Midwest. Wow, that says something, doesn't it? Amazing. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, along with us. I always want to remind you about their website, totalfarmmarketing.com, and their toll-free number is 800-334-9779. I want to pivot and focus in a little bit on livestock this morning, John. Boy, our poor pork producers, again, hog markets falling off a cliff Uh, Some anxiety about the Supreme Court and Proposition 12, huh? 
Very much so. I think that's kind of the biggest factor where, you know, when I've been talking about the hog market in the past, we've been kind of saying, hey, we need the cash market to improve. We need the retail values to improve. Well, we're now we're seeing that and the hog market still isn't trying to find any footing here as we broke the new lows again yesterday on those front month contracts. Again, we still have some premium over that cash market. It's kind of been eliminated here now, but so maybe that'll at least maybe slow the roll. But it just seemed like that Supreme Court decision has the hog industry concerned. You go look at California, 13% of the nation's pork consumption comes on from the state of California. And with the fact that they, you know, we have to make some changes according to those laws in terms of the requirements for raising those animals. What's that do to pork flows? Does that back up the system? You know, make more pork available in other areas, even though California is probably going to see rate of values rise in terms of what the consumer has to pay. But it just has this market concern that, you know, we already have a decent amount of pork supply out there that's been weighing on this market. And now we're going to slow it down, at least into one of our main consuming states. And I think that's just the other side of the that the sellers have just been pushing on here recently in the hog market, waiting for find some some actual resolution or what's going to happen in terms of how that's going to be implemented. Yeah, that's that's the question everybody seems to have the traceability and how in the world uh, companies are supposed to, I guess, put that system in place. Is anybody talking about that? You know, like have a plan? That's the hardest part of it and how that's going to come into play, like I said, across the country. And realistically, it's just going to make things unavailable to be sold into California and, again, backs up the supplies for the rest of the country, you know, trying to meet those requirements. And we all know, at least in the ag world, it takes time. You don't snap your fingers to meet those requirements to get these animals raised the right way. And obviously, there's some, you know, inflammation time in here. But, uh, you know, when one customer has one form that they want and the rest of the world's looking for something else, uh, you know, we'll see who gets what changed in that regard. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, whether what are the longer term ramifications going to be. Biggest thing is if it does come together, I just think the cost for food and things of that nature in California, at least on the pork supply side of the equation, is just going to have to go higher because of just the lack of supply available raised in those requirements. You know, it, it kind of harkens back to when people were crossing the border to get oleomargarine. You couldn't buy it in Wisconsin. It was outlawed, but they'd go into Illinois and buy it and bring it home. I mean, it, it it's crazy to imagine a black market for pork from, a, from outside the, st- the state of California. Yeah, the human consumer will do what it needs to do, especially when it comes to price in that regard. And, you know, like I said, it's going to be an interesting watch. And, and you, know, under, you know, I guess I understand what their thought process is in terms of the humanity side of it, in terms of raising animals humanely and things of that nature. But again, just it's one of those unintended consequences that we sometimes get with laws and that are put mm-hmm. together that just cause issues and ripple effects throughout the entire marketplace. Yeah, not based at all on science, just on... Uh activism well we'll wait and see thanks john for the update appreciate the the insights we'll talk to you next week right after memorial weekend sounds good have a great week all right john heimberg market advisor total farm marketing out of west bend again remember his website their website totalfarmmarketing.com 800-334-9779 or john h at 